Welcome to episode 36 of the Rocket Interviews podcast. Today I'm joined by... Marty McCoy from The Lonely Ones. We are a, a rock and roll band out of Columbus, Ohio. Formed in 2019, right when the pandemic hit, the day that the, they shut the world down, we released our first single and uh, made it through that, and here we are. Oh yeah. So what was your introduction to rock music, and how did that kind of lead you to starting Boba Flex with your brother, Sean McCoy? Um, my dad played bluegrass when I was a little kid, so I'd be in diapers walking around while there was these big, huge bluegrass sessions going on in my living room. Um, awesome. and yeah, so like there'd be this circle of people playing acoustic guitars and violins, and everybody was singing. I would be sitting right in the middle of it, and so I was wow. surrounded by, like, literally surrounded by music when I was <laughs> all I can remember. Um, and then I like, um, I remember appetite for destruction coming out guns and roses record and and my parents like not wanting me to listen to it and and that was what turned me on to the whole rock and roll thing i was like this is my parents hate it and um they eventually liked it my parents eventually liked guns and roses but at first like no you can't listen to that and i just remember <laughs> them being the coolest looking dudes and their skulls and booze bottles and and just dangerous rock and roll and it just turned me on so hard that i was like this is what i want to do for a living um mm -hmm. and my brother same way that was the record that changed my brother and i forever it was like yeah this coolest thing in the world <laughs> the rebellious the rebellious aspect is what drew you in <laughs> absolutely the, I nobody, love that. Can tell, nobody can tell me what to do there's no rules kind of thing i was like this, yeah. that's what yeah <laughs> uh so like you said uh lonely ones formed uh right at the beginning of the pandemic or 2019, right before the pandemic. And that was after the end of your uh, very successful band, Boba Flex. Uh, so how, what led up to that? And how was the transition from one band to the other? So Boba Flex toured like crazy. Um, if you're, you know, it's a, it's a tough business and you got to work. And by work, I mean, go play live shows and make recordings and, mm -hmm. and, you know, to keep, keep that money coming in like a sexy construction company is how I always uh, say, you know what I mean? It's like, if you're going to make yeah. some money, you go build some porches and put up some fences. Um, it's the same, same concept. Um, and, and my brother um, has his daughter turned 13 um, at this point in time in our career. And he was, he's a wonderful dad, but he would just, he was like, I want to be at every um, piano recital and every volleyball game. And, and I'm just missing too much. Um, yeah. So it was devastating. It was devastating, but we understood. You know, I don't have any children. Tommy doesn't have any children. Jimmy doesn't have any children. Um, right. So we understood as much as we could what he was going through. Um, and, and, and you know, we supported him. We were devastated, but we supported him. Um, and the rest of us, you know, we didn't want to do anything else. Right. So we decided to start a new band because it didn't feel like Bobo Flex without Sean and myself and Tommy and all of us together. Mm -hmm. um, but we thought we start something new. Um, it's scary, but it's also exciting. So we just right. kind of jumped in both feet and said, let's do something. Let's, you know, make it, let's go in a different direction, not just be like, hey, it's Bobo Flex without Sean. Let, let's do something different. And and more of our influences and things like that kind of poured in a lot heavier and stronger and, and influences from Jimmy and stuff and, and kind of just went more straightforward rock and roll, which I think suits my voice better and, Mm -hmm. definitely suits Jimmy's guitar playing better. And it just separated us from Boba Flex. And it took a long time for people to understand. Like it was 
people are confused. Like, is this Bogoflex with a different name? Why did you do that? And yeah. how, how could you do that? You know what I mean? It's like, well, you know, sometimes, sometimes you can't control things. Um, but then it, it's really starting to catch on. And, and then yeah. Sean, after, after a couple of years, Sean was like, I you know, totally wanted to stop. So we started doing some more Bubble Flex shows. So now I'm in two bands and, and uh, um, I can officially write down on my resume that I'm a working musician. Oh yeah, that's awesome. I think I think sometimes in the music industry, people are afraid of kind of like rebranding or starting fresh with a new thing. And like, sometimes you just have to, like you said, jump in with both feet and just hope for the best, you know? Yeah, sometimes there's no choice. Sometimes it's like true. this is what's happening, you know. Yeah. Um, but like I said, it was exciting. It was horrifying. Are people going to like this? Are people going to turn their backs on us? Um, but it's also mm -hmm. exciting. It was like this new sound and this new, um, you know, with some of the younger guys, this new uh, energy brought into the band. For and sure. you know, we got hit with some you know people that this sucks and and how could you do this? And then other people super supportive and then other people that never even heard of Bobuflex are fans of the lonely ones so it you know mm -hmm. that beginning process was always murky rocky waters or whatever but we you know we sailed them and, and we're coming out on the other side and things are starting to really take off and so it feels good and and if if we can get the lonely ones up to a level and i can be in two successful bands that'll rule yeah yeah that's <laughs> awesome <laughs> um so like we've uh established right after the lonely ones formed is when the pandemic hit so i read on another interview you talked about uh how you basically went broke as uh the pandemic started because you spent your whole life making a living doing music uh so how have you been able to come back from that and what did you take from that experience oh man i so i i will take nothing for granted again um i remember thinking during the pandemic uh and you know i'm not complaining it was rough for everybody um, I was lucky. I, you know, I was healthy enough. I lost some friends that, that, um, didn't come back from it. Um, mm. so I, in that sense, I was very lucky, but I, I realized that, you know, taking a shit in a Wendy's at three o'clock in the morning is a magical thing instead of a dreadful mm -hmm. thing because I didn't get to do it again for two and a half years. Um, right. you know, a 10 hour, 10 hour drive in a snowstorm isn't as bad as I used to think it was. It's like, I, I long to be able to do those things and have those moments with my friends and, right. and, and be playing music for a living. It was, um, it was wild. It was tough. The scariest part was the uncertainty of, is this ever going to come back? Because right. now it seems very far away and, and somewhat, you know, to some people very trivial, but we lived through a global pandemic. Right. I mean, that's, they don't throw that word out there when it's a, uh, you know, minor flu is going to get your flu shot. It wasn't the same shit. Right. It was, you know, it was a lot of chaos and a lot of tragedy and, and, and to be able to be, you know, one of the people that, that made it through that, I feel very fortunate and for it to, for the world to open back up the way it has and get back to concerts and, and, and being able to be around people. And, and that, that's what I learned was that we need each other a lot. Um, Absolutely. And, yeah, and you know, things got pretty dark during those two, two and a half years. People got very mm -hmm. angry. Which I understand there were, people were scared. It was that we were lonely. Alcoholism went through the roof. Suicide rates raised. It was like the the takeaway is you know we need each other. We need yeah. 
we need outlets, we need family, we need friends, we need that kind of stuff. We're not supposed to be, we're social creatures. We're not supposed to be locked right. away in our home. Yeah. And, and, you know, at first I remember thinking, well, this is, this is, I wouldn't say nice, but it was, it was a stress-free kind of environment where I didn't, sure. have to go, didn't have to go anywhere. I didn't need for two mm. weeks. Yeah. And then once the Tiger King was over and the reality set in, it was like, holy shit, this, this can't be how life is going to, Right. continue i'm glad and it didn't and I, I learned a lot of things i uh uh yeah i started drinking heavier i started just i just dealt with it in very strange ways i was yeah. an asshole i was an asshole to people that that disagreed with me and you know mm -hmm. I, I i put my mask on i got the vaccine and all that stuff and i thought that was the right thing to do i still think that was the right thing to do but there were people that you know disagreed wholeheartedly and instead of me listening to them and, and understanding where they were coming from and what their fears were, I immediately like, blah, 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 you know, you're the problem. I wish I wouldn't have done it that way. Yeah, for sure. Um, so a lot of your songs talk about your experiences with mental illness. And in my experience, it can be really difficult to put those kind of things into words. But I think you do it really well and translate it, you know, into songs like The Way Out or, you know, Eternal Sadness. So how do you kind of take these experiences you have and turn it into basically put it into words. <laughs> um, I, I think just brutal honesty um, is the mm -hmm. best way to do it. Um, it's definitely, yeah, that's a good question. Um, I think just being honest um, it, during the pandemic and, and things like that, it was like, I think a lot more people became aware of what, what, depression or you know isolation felt like because now it's it's not something you hear about uh, from a friend that you're like oh you just need to smile a little bit more that people understood holy shit you know this is real and this is what it feels like and and, right. uh, and then you know when you're just honest about it it, it, just, it just connects with people and i think just being just wildly honest and vulnerable is the easiest way i mean sometimes i was like god damn can i say that in a song and I did, and people were like, I really like this song. I was like, whew, <laughs> no, you're gonna like that or not, because it was so open, you know, open, wounded, right out in the open. Uh, but I just think you just, you say it. And yeah. some people are like it, some people are gonna be offended. Um, but if it's honest and, and, and coming from a, you know, place of vulnerability, I think that people, um, most people will connect with it. For sure. That kind of goes along with the three chords and the truth philosophy, you know? Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, so your latest single bedroom door has a bit of a different vibe from your other singles, in my opinion. Uh, it's much more like dynamic. And so do you think that track stands out for you as well? Uh, and what does the future of the lonely ones music kind of look like? That is definitely the direction we're heading toward. Um, we had, uh, a member, as soon as the pandemic was over and we started touring again, our original guitar player, Jake Early, kind of wanted to do something different. I think that um, touring was just not for him anymore. Yeah. And so Jimmy, Jimmy took over on guitar. Um, Jake was kind of this metal, you know, not kind of. Jake was this metal precise player, and Jimmy's more like this all-feel guitar player, and it comes from his heart and soul. And he, so he took over on the guitar, and it instantly changed the dynamic. And it changed the dynamic in a way for me that I that, that felt more natural. Um, right. So we kind just kind of, I, I wouldn't say we planned it, but it just kind of went into this more groovy, dancey kind of rock and roll kind of thing. Yeah. Um, 
with Jimmy on the guitar. Uh, so that's what happened. It was just the, you know, Jimmy went from bass to guitar, which Jimmy's always been a ripping guitar player. Um, mm -hmm. And we were, you know, freaked out. It was like, we finally got to this point and then our guitar player quits. So right. we have to totally go back and revamp the whole thing again. Like, what the hell are we going to do? And Jimmy's an incredible bass player, but like, he was just, just one day was like, you just play guitar, man. You're a great guitar player. We'll find a bass player. We'll do that thing. And when yeah. he did, we just clicked in this way when he took over the guitar. Cause I'm, I'm the other guitar player. We just clicked like, I don't know. It's something's happened and it just, yeah. just went rushing into this new direction where it was like, just somehow this dance vibe came about and, and it was just like, everything just started moving in a different groovy kind of way. And, and, more simplistic, but more dynamic, like you said, and more, like more, you know, make your, make you move. Um, mm -hmm. And it just kind of went that way and it's continuing to go that way. And now we're leaning into it even harder where everyone's like, oh, I really like this. And, and, you know, when our girlfriends and stuff are like, I really like this song. I was like, I think we might be onto something. Let's push harder that way. <laughs> That's awesome. Uh, so thus far, you guys have released a few singles as the Lonely Ones, but do you foresee a full-length album in your future? We have 17 songs recorded. Oh, wow. Uh, but a band our size releasing an album, I don't know if that's, like, I don't know if that's a smart move. Right. Um, because, no, you know, the level that I would like to be on, I would say that nobody knows who we are yet. It's just starting to get to, you know, it's starting to get to where we're making a buzz, but I don't know if we're at the level yet that releasing a full length record would make any sense. I think we're still at the level where we have to release a single every two months so that we stay fresh in people's minds and, yeah. and, and, you know, just keep pounding people with singles and, and look like we're doing something constantly. Cause I don't know where you go. I mean, like if you're shine down, I get it. You release a 12 song right. record, you get four on that record, you release a couple singles, radio embraces you. Everybody's talking about the record with us. I think it's singles to stay relevant um, and and remind people who we are and right. constantly try to turn new people onto the band. And then hopefully we get to that level where, yeah, it's a big deal that we're releasing a record. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And something I noticed a lot of bands do now is uh, even like bigger bands, they'll release like instead of like two or three singles before the album comes out, they'll release like eight or nine. And then the album yeah. has like, you know, 12. So yeah. And for, and <laughs> even for, now, you know, for, most of the albums out before the album is even out. You know what I mean? Absolutely. And hardcore fans are pissed, but people that are, you know, <laughs> hip, hardcore fans, like I already have the whole record, but mm -hmm. I just, the, the music industry changed so fast and continues right. to change so fast. It's like people are bombarded with so much new information every five seconds. It's like, I get why it's the singles thing. Cause it feels like something new every two months. It feels like it right. gives you enough time to listen to that one song and, and digest that one song while you're listening to, you know, 50,000 other artists releasing one song every two months. Right. And now something new comes out something new comes out. So I, I think, I think it has to do with the way we consume information, music, entertainment. It's just it's so fast and paced and you know, the, right. this is what, this is this is how you discover things is up yep. flip it up or pause on it um, so i think that's why music has turned that way um and i do it, i do it myself so yeah. I, I, can't, I can't be the jerk because people don't buy music anymore it's like well neither do right. i i you know i'm cherry picked the that song's really cool or you know i asked my phone what is this song on the wednesday sound oh you know i'm yeah. watching wednesday 
which is a great <laughs> show, by the way. I thought it was awesome. I was like, what the hell is that song? I asked my phone yeah. and I'll put it on the playlist and, and you know, if I really like the song or it'll take me, that song comes up on my playlist a couple of times and I'll start to discover that artist and go back through. And, and I think that's just the way most people do it. Um, there is still a, a, there is still a, you know, a smaller group of people that want the full length record, hold it in their hand and look through everything. And you got to cater to everybody um, right. because your fans, fans are important, but that's not the way the majority of people get their music these days. And yeah. if you don't, if you don't, Play the game, you'll get left in the in the dust. Absolutely. And with the way the, the music industry is so rapidly changing, you really have to, like, keep up. Otherwise, you're going to, like you said, get left in the dust. Oh, gosh. It's hard to keep up with, too. I mean, I remember, yeah. like, what, what the hell is TikTok? <laughs> and then I've got TikTok, and I see all these cool, amazing new artists that I've never heard of on TikTok. And, yeah. And I think it's great. It's, like, mm -hmm. it's awesome. But it's, like, as an artist – and an artist that comes from, you know, records and, and uh, you know, a little bit older school setup. It's like, it is, uh, it is definitely like trying to just keeping up as a full-time job. It's like, what's the trend Absolutely. now? What's going on now? And you, you got to kind of stay true to some things. You can't just try to jump on every trend, but you definitely got to get a good look at it and, and, and uh, make sure that you're not just like, you know, this is, we do records like the dinosaurs and, or we do, you know, these things like they did 20 years ago. It's like, mm, you, you'll, you have dust all over you if you don't watch out. <laughs> yeah, for sure. I mean, like it's, it really is like a full-time job. It's, it's 24 seven. I, I'm a musician myself and like being, I'm in high school, by the way being right in on. high school and being surrounded by all these people who are like, you know, getting their first job. And they're like, Oh, I got work after school today. You know, what are you doing? And I'm like, I'm working. And they're like, but you're a musician. That's not like, I'm like, you don't understand. This is a 24 not hour job. Like absolutely. keeping up with socials and like having a posting schedule and creating content all the time, like to push music. Like it's a lot. <laughs> absolutely. I, Jimmy and I laugh um all the time because I, I got it like i said you know was talking about guns and roses i got into this industry so i could make my own rules and break them and and play music with my friends i never thought in a million years that i would say the word algorithm so much <laughs> you know what i mean yeah. <laughs> it's like well you have to you have to cater to the algorithms that i remember thinking what in the hell does that mean you know, five years ago, and now I'm like, the algorithms want you to, you know, post this many times a day and and, and take Crazy. action, you know, 50%, 50% this and 20% call to action and all this wild shit, and I'm taking classes yeah. on it. And Me all too. This yeah. And there's, every time I click on YouTube, there's some new asshole on there telling me how to go from zero to 200,000 streams yeah. in a month. My gosh, yeah. And then I, I feel, I'm like, oh, this is probably a scam. But then I click that shit anyway. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's what you got to do. That's why, like, I dip my toe into as many things as I can because it just all, like, pushes the whole career, you know? That's why I have this podcast yeah. and I'm a musician and I do photography. Like, it's, it's all over the place. But, um, yeah, I mean, I think people, I think the live scene helps people discover new artists too, which is cool. Cause that's like another way, another old school way where like, even though people aren't, you know, discovering bands by going to the record store and seeing, Oh, that album looks cool. I'm going to get that. You know what I mean? People are still going to live shows and like, yeah. And I still discover bands live. Um, and that's one thing that we started doing in the lonely ones is we started 
picking our openers instead of just letting promoters and, and uh, booking agents take care of it. For sure. Because there's nothing worse nothing worse than us going into a room where it's all dudes with beards wanting to mosh and then we come <laughs> up and play. Like, yeah. This is not brutal at all. So we started picking bands that made more sense with us and and that, and and I found these magical scenes in these cities where it's like this indie band kicks ass and this this rock band kicks ass and this, you know, rockabilly band kicks ass and you throw all these people on a bill and try to put the best bands possible. Give everybody 25, 30 minute sets because we're not in right. journey. I don't watch some band. I don't know. Play for two hours. I, yeah. I don't want to play for two hours. You know what I mean? I don't have explosions going off and, and you know, big TV screens behind me and, and mm -hmm. songs that were, you know, on uh, the Friends soundtrack and shit. So it's like you get in, get out, hit them with your best set and surround yourself with good bands and th those things start to grow. And, and if you, you know, if the band before you is great, the band after you is great and you're great, it's like it's this magical night of music. And For sure. That, that whole bullshit of, you know, we put bands on to sell tickets to their friends that are going to leave five minutes afterwards and, and some dude some dude up there screaming for 45 minutes is like, ah, I'm right. over it. Mm -hmm. Let's surround ourselves in, in, in good music and, and, and help other bands out that, you know, if you help us out, we'll help you out. And it just helps everybody grow. And, and sure. like, we're just jumping into that different. I, I still think it's hard rock, but that different genre of nothing against metal. I'm a huge metal fan. I'm, I don't write music for, for that, you know, I'm not going to be able to go towards Lamb of God. It's just not going to work. <laughs> yeah. Um, so after uh, after experiencing that first show back with Boba Flex, how does it feel? And what kind of, in that first show, made you go, this is going to last? You know what I mean? Um, so when you stop and uh, 10,000 people sing your chorus back to you, man, there's nothing like that shit. <laughs> you know, it's like a main line of adrenaline. It was mm -hmm. like, I, I miss this, man. So yeah. my brother decided that, that he was like, well, you know, I still need to be creative. Um, and I know you guys are doing the lonely ones, but can we still do some bubble flex shows? We were like, hell yeah. And so we got together and rehearsed and got ready for that show. And in the rehearsal room, I, I, you know, I remembered how special and how much fun it was to play with my brother and to play those songs. Um, and, and it didn't take very long to tighten back up. It'd been two, two and a half, maybe three years. And we, you know, we did, you know, 200 shows a year. So it was like that, how fast everything came back. And we got yeah. to play this big, we got to play the Brock Fest was our first show back. Mm -hmm. That's 14,000 people. Wow. Yeah. And they, no and in a market... <laughs> in a market where Boba Flex had three or four number one songs at radio. Right. So it was right out the gate. My brother, you know, getting ready to sing the chorus holds the mic out. The entire crowd sings it and just chills go over my body. And I was like, yeah, That's we should amazing. do this. Yeah. So like, we should do this a couple more times a year at least. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So it was, it was an amazing feeling. Um, and then, you know, with the lonely ones, we're starting to get that where people are starting to show up. So it gives me, that you know that humbling feeling of okay i'm starting again in the beginning but also you know i see the potential where this could go and and, and use a lot you know some of the things i learned from bubble flex that the shit that we did wrong i'll never do again the shit that we did right i will push 110 percent and and know in my heart that that this is the this is a good move and this is a recipe for success so i learned a lot and then i still get to go back and do it um 
as many times as I fucking want to. You know what I mean? Oh, it's yeah. my band. It's my band. It's my brother. And, you know, Tommy's band, Jimmy's band. We can do it as many times as we want. So it's a good feeling to have that, you know, that, I don't know, maybe 10, 15 times a year. Yeah, out, definitely. Like, go out like mega rock stars again. <laughs> and the fact, that we're, the fact that we're only doing, you know, we're not touring like we used to. It's it's a much larger event because people won't say, well, they'll, they'll be here three times a year. Like they're right. only coming once they're out go. So the crowds are massive. And, and when you get out there on that stage and you hear that, that deafening scream, it's like, oh, man. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, it is rad. So now that we've got all the, like, you know, legitimate questions out of the way, I like to do some fun shit. So if you're down for that. <laughs> Ready. So uh, I like to do this segment where I call what I that I call turn it up or turn it off. So if I'm going to name a band and let's say it comes on the radio, if you're going to turn it up or turn it off. Gotcha. Led Zeppelin. Up. Taylor Swift. Up. Venom. Up. Oh yeah. Three for three. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, if your house is burning down, what instrument do you save? The cat. Before anything. Fair enough. <laughs> yeah. I go back and get the guitar. The cat comes with me no matter what happens. Loki, is, Loki goes out the front door before I do. Not the girlfriend, the cat. <laughs> she's, I mean, she's got the cat. We're both holding the cat. <laughs> She'll, she it. would say, she would say, leave me, take the baby. And I would take the cat. Yeah. She would say, she, she would sacrifice herself for the, for Loki. I promise you. Uh, if you could go back and change one thing in your life, what would it be? Uh, I wouldn't drink as much. Um, okay. yeah, I don't drink anymore, but and that's a recent thing. <laughs> <But>. <laughs> I could float a freight liner, a uh, uh, freight liner ship on the amount of alcohol that I've drank over the years, and then, and then sink that ship with the amount of drugs I've done over the years. So I would probably practice moderation a lot better than I did, you know. So yeah, yeah, that. makes sense. Uh, so you want to let people know where they can follow you online and everything? You type in the lonely ones, you'll recognize us. We're the ones with the cool hair pops up everywhere so we finally got the blue check marks and all that stuff and and so if you type in the lonely ones we're the first ones coming up facebook instagram twitter tiktok now that i know what the hell that shit is <laughs> um all the all the cool social stuff yeah we're on all of it um and if you talk to somebody on there it's usually me so cool. if, if, if you ask a question and i answer that's me oh yeah well is there anything else you'd like to include um releasing a new single coming out um here very soon it's called gucci bags um it's definitely oh, yeah. a dance kind of, a da dance kind of jam starts out with the bass line cool drums um our fans are incredible uh there's tons of new music tons of great artists that bullshit of uh music isn't like it used to be it's a complete pile of shit lie there's so many great artists out there get Absolutely. out there and discover artists buy their merch, hit that follow button on Spotify and Apple music and all that stuff. And, and the, you know, the future of music is in, in our hands as listeners and as musicians. Um, so if you want it to be, um, uh, this music industry is dead, then it's, it's your fucking fault. So get out there and, yeah. and find these kick ass bands and, and, and support them. And 
Yeah, there's great music everywhere. And thanks to everyone who supported us, who's come along for the ride thus far, and to the future, the people that are going to um, discover us coming soon. Thank you. Thank you in advance. Thank you guys so much for listening to this week's episode of the Rockin' Interviews podcast. Stay tuned for the next episode.